Good evening, folks. This is Woody. I'm here with Melinda Russell, and you're listening to Women's Motorsports Network. Hello, Melinda. Hey, Woody. How's it going on a Wednesday night? I am doing pretty good. We had a good weather up here, but I know you're sitting in beautiful weather because you're not here in Michigan with us. Where are you at? Um, yeah, I actually flew to Phoenix, Arizona today. My youngest two daughters live here. Four of my grandchildren are here. And so if you hear some noise in the background pretty soon, they've been threatened that they have to be quiet, but they're five and a half and three and a half. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, it's about 80 some degrees, sunny, beautiful here. So I'm going to soak up as much sun as I can while I'm out here. Well, I hopefully soon we'll have that kind of weather because we want to get the race cars here local going. Um, yeah. You have an exciting show. You had an exciting show planned for today, don't you? I I am so excited. Um, I've been watching this young woman from afar uh, during her race career, and I was tuned in to see her take the pole at Daytona for the ARCA race. And so it's my honor and privilege to have Natalie Decker with us tonight. Um, I'm going to pretty much just uh, ask the questions and I'm going to let Natalie talk as much as she wants to with us. We've got a whole hour. So Natalie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to hear some of the answers to some of these questions so that we can learn a little bit more about you. So I think the first thing, let's start off. Usually I like to know, a little bit more about you personally. You don't have to give me any deep, dark secrets, but just tell me a little bit about yourself, um, where you live or, um, you know, just, just some private things and maybe tell us something that most people don't know about you. Oh gosh. Okay. (laughs) Um, Currently I'm living in North Carolina. I just moved. Um, there's a lot of things that I feel like people don't know about me. It's weird. I love to, like, my fans are so wonderful and like, really don't have a private life. Everything that I do is on social media, like, my whole day, every day. So there's, like, not a lot of secrets that people might not know. Um, I have a boyfriend. That might be one thing people really don't know. Because I don't post about it. That okay. might be a thing some people don't know. Um, I played okay. hockey in high school, but a lot of a lot of people are starting to catch on to that and know that I played hockey in high school. Mhm. Okay. So you know, uh, it's important though, I think, for you to have a public life, but also to have some private life. That's that's not. It's not necessary for the whole world to know everything about your life. So I admire that you are able to keep some of those things separate. So yeah. why don't you tell us, how old were you when you started racing, and what kind of racing did you start with? I was nine years old when I started racing go-karts. But when I was about four, my dad got me a snowmobile to try to get me into snowmobile racing. And I didn't even make one lap in the race. I think I went about 10 feet and told him I was done. So that didn't go over too well. But once uh-huh. I was nine, he got me for my ninth birthday, he got me a go-kart, and it was purple and sparkly and so cute. And I'm pretty sure we still have it to this day. Uh, and that's kind of when I fell in love with racing. Okay, so how many years did you race go-karts, and then where did you go from there? I raced go-karts for about three years, and then I went into a four-cylinder. And then okay. after that, and I raced that for a year. 
and then after I raced the four-cylinder, I went into a car called a Super Stock, um, and then I did that for a year, and then I moved into a limited late model. Mhm. And I did that for and then- two. I did the limited late limited late model for two years, and then I moved into a super late and did that for about four years. And then now okay. I'm in the orchestra. Right, exactly. And so now, so, so exciting. <laughs> um, so, can you tell me? I, I'm going to ask you some pretty basic things because I want the people who need to get some credit uh, get a shout out. So. Um, your, it sounds like your dad got you started, so we're going to give a shout-out. Hey, Dad, thanks for yeah. getting Natalie interested in racing. And then um, through those years, I'm sure you had some people that helped with your car or maybe that helped now that you would want to just say, hey, these are the guys that may help me. Um, if you want to, um, just tell us some of those people. So many people um, helping me through, especially because it was short track racing. There's just in the Midwest, it's just huge. So there are so many people. Um, my first crew chief I had with the super stock, his name was Ben Martinson. I was about 14 years old. I remember him leaving me home alone with his kids to babysit while him and his wife could go out to dinner and stuff. So, like, they're a big part of my racing career. They helped out all the way. Um, whenever we needed help, but that was my first crew chief, and his kids now are so old, it's crazy. Like I was like, I remember you when you were in three and like in diapers, and now mm-hmm. they're racing. Else, it's so cute. <laughs> so, and then there was um another one who helped out, who's kind of like an inspiration to me. His name is Lyle Nowak, and he only has one arm, and he races cars, and he helped me out so much with advice and and helping set up the car and his wife um would come and spot for me sometimes so there there's just so many people and now yeah now I, I, go ahead and now i have um a crew chief his name is kyle Olasic, um for my super late program back at home and he spots for me and i'm pretty sure he does everything he like manages my whole racing career <laughs> and then my <laughs> for the ARCA series is Dave Liner. Okay. So it, it takes a village, doesn't it, Natalie, to, uh, if you want to move up and be successful in racing, it really does take a village to help you just like it does to raise a child, as they say. So I'm glad we had a chance to get those people, um, get their names out there so you could recognize them. So one of my questions for you is, what is your proudest moment in your racing career? And it could have been your very first race in your go-kart or something that's happened recently. So can you tell us what that would have been? There's a lot of very proud moments that I've had. And, you know, not all of them are just like winning a race. Some of them are, well, one of them is one of my first wins. Well, it was my first win in a go-kart. And Bobby Unser is very good friends with my grandparents and my parents. And he came out to watch me race. Um, Him and his wife came out with their motorhome. And he witnessed my first ever go-kart win. Mm. And that was so cool. I have the picture of that. And he autographed it. And I autographed it. And it's hanging up, like, in my trophy room. Because that's a really proud moment. Um, I would think so. That's very cool. (laughs) 
Yeah, very cool. And I admit, that's like the first time I think in an interview I've said that. I don't think I've talked about that before. Awesome. Um, I'm glad I asked you that question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. And then obviously then my recent one is getting the pole at Daytona. That's like a dream come true. It's amazing. I'm so proud of that. And I'm so proud of my team and Venturini Motorsports and Toyota, my sponsor N29. Like that was definitely a dream come true. (laughs) Oh, it it had to have been. And it was exciting for those of us that were watching it happen. You know, I've, I've heard your name and kind of followed you a little bit through the years of racing. And I was watching that and I was so excited and I was just like, darn, I wish I was there to see it in person, but at least I got to witness it in one way. I actually took some pictures of you on my television and I'm going to send you a card with those pictures on it because my husband said, you need to send her a card with those pictures. So I'm going to do that for you. So Uh, now tell me what, you're welcome. What is it that you enjoy the most about racing? Is it the actual race? Just overall, what's the one thing you'd say is the thing you enjoy the most? Yes, um, I'm a race car driver, so yes, obviously I love the race. Um, It's addicting. Racing is definitely very addicting. But the big thing that I really love about racing is that it's like a whole other family. It's like a big family. (laughs) I don't know how Mm -hmm. to but it's a whole different world. And everyone that you meet in the racing world becomes your family almost. And that's mm-hmm. really cool. I've played a lot of sports. And, I I mean, with your team, you feel that. Like, I played hockey, and with my team, I felt that. But, like, there's it doesn't compare to, like, racing and how many people you meet and, and the feel it gives you. Like, you just really have to experience it. Well, and I think, too, you probably find out, like, we really didn't know each other. And then you find out that I've been kind of following you and and watching, you know, you and some other young women in racing. And your family is so extended to the point that there's a lot of them you don't even know. And that makes it even more huge and almost overwhelming, I I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. So during the off season, or not the off season, but, like when you're they're working on to get your car ready, what are you doing to prepare for the race season? So every day I've been training so far with, since I moved to North Carolina with Wendy Venturini's, that's um, Billy Venturini, the owner of the team, his sister. And she comes to my apartment in my gym and she trains me. She kicks my butt, that's for sure. <laughs> And the workouts are only about 45 minutes to an hour. But she's definitely getting me ready to be back in the race car after Daytona going into Nashville. Um, but yeah. I just prepare my own body. And then I also like to go to the shop a lot and see, you know, how things are going. Say hi to all the guys that are working really hard and stuff like that. Okay. And that's, you know, that's a good thing, too. You're building those relationships with those guys. And so – now you're more than just a pretty face or a name. You're actually a friend, and, and a, as you said, they become your family as well. So they want to work even harder, I would think, because now you've got that relationship and that bond. So that, yeah. that's an important, yeah, that's very cool. So what is your, or who is, I should say, your favorite person to race against? Oh, Wow. Favorite person to race against? I raced against so many people. Um, 
There's a few of them. In the super late, everyone in the Midwest is fun to race against. They're all so hard competition. Like, when I race back home in the Midwest in my super late, it's like everyone that shows up to the race is could win the race. Like, there's not one bad driver or bad car out there. Everyone's fast. So, like, everyone back home at the Midwest, like, shout out to all those super late drivers and everyone that I race against because they are amazing, race clean and hard, and I love racing against them. Um, and then now when I recently moved to the ARCA series, they're all young kids, way different than where I come from. You know, they're all older men. And now I'm racing against a lot of younger kids and kids my age. And it's just as fun. I was a little nervous because I was like, oh, they're going to be, like, really reckless and, you know, like, wreck a lot, which, which happens because it's racing. But, but they're all, like, a lot of those drivers in the ARCA series are all super clean and, and fun to race with, too. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's probably a big step, though, from – your local track to the, I know it is because I've been to some Arca races. Um, so <clears throat> what, what is it about, um, you know, you've, you've raced a career, you're moved into the Archer series now. So what did you say would be the hardest thing that you had to change or learn when you started racing Arca compared to your local short track? Pit stop. That is definitely oh. hard. Year, I got caught speeding on pit road and it's definitely different and it's just going to take experience and and more races I do the more pit stops I'll do and and that's the only way I'll be able to learn and practice but those were hard those are hard to do but they get easier well and you, do them. <laughs> and you know we you watch the NASCAR race some of those guys have problems too so and that's just a that's just a hazard or something that has to be learned. And every track is a little different, so you can't yeah. be really uh, put put down for for doing that. You're you're not alone in that. So, Natalie, what are some of your goals for this coming year for your for your racing in the ARCA series? I'm going to have different goals for every racetrack that I go to, but a major goal of mine at the end of the year is to get Rookie of the Year. And another goal would be, you know, running top five, which would help get rookie of the year. So Mm -hmm. really just trying to be competitive, stay in the top five, and then um, get rookie of the year. Good goal. Good goal to have. So now, you know, I'm the founder of the International Women's Motorsports Association. Got to get a plug in for that. So I'm really focusing on women, women in racing, not just race car drivers, but in all capacities. But um, in the years that you've raced in your long life, because you're so old, <laughs> but you're experienced, um, are there other girls or women that you've raced with? How Would you say that there's been a lot of them, not very many? And then what kinds of friendships or relationships do you have with those women? I haven't got to personally race against a lot of women. There hasn't been a lot in the Midwest. Uh, My cousins both used to race when I raced, and that's, you know, I got them into go-karting, and it was a huge family thing to start off with, and I loved racing against them. We we pushed each other really hard, and they became almost like sisters to me because I, I practically lived with them in the summers. But 
I have um, two girl teammates now, um, Leilani and Tony. And Tony um, is from out west. She just announced that she'll be racing three races with Ventrini Motorsports. But I just got to meet these girls this year, and it's amazing because, you know, they know exactly what I do because, like, they do it too. And we go through the same thing, and it's really fun to talk with them. You know, when you're in the garage at the racetrack, you get to talk about hair and nails and makeup rather than <laughs> just racing all the time. So it's fun. And my um, my new teammate, Tony, I just met her, and we went – go-karting together and then got our nails done so like it was so it was fun it was different rather than hanging out with a guy racer and it's cool forming those relationships yeah that's that's exactly what I wondered what I wanted to hear because you know I'm sure the guys go do their thing when they're you know not out on the racetrack but um, I'm glad to hear that because it had to be somewhat isolated or lonely a little bit if you didn't have those women to do things with and talk about hair and nails and boyfriends and all those kinds of things. So um, that's awesome. So now tell me in kind of a related question is, so do you think this is a good sport for girls to get involved in? And if so, why, why would you say that? Yeah, I think this is definitely a very good sport to get girls involved in. I mean, any sport is wonderful to get involved in if you're a girl. And why I love racing so much is because it's like a family feel and everyone you meet becomes your family and all your fans become your family. But it's the things you learn. Like my teacher, I remember in high school and the teachers would be like telling us, wait until you get out in the real world. Like it's so different, you know, because we're all in high school. But like I wasn't, I was doing online classes and coming back um, when I could, but I was I was already out in the real world racing, and I like felt like I graduated sooner, and it made me mature and grow up and learn so much more while I was in high school. So I like learned a whole new life, and it it was a great learning experience going racing while I'm still in high school and doing both, and I feel like it really helped like shape who I am today. Very good. So you talked about your friends in high school. What do they think of your racing? They love it, which is so cool. And I, when I talk to other drivers, boy or girl, you know, they always say they, their friends at high school don't really understand. They're like, don't get it. But a lot of my friends did. And it made me super happy. Like, they were so supportive. And one of my friends from high school, her name's Robin, I just talked about her in another interview um, a while ago, but she came along when we were probably in eighth grade, freshman year of high school, in between there, you know, and that's when I won, like, one of my first races in a big, like, stock car, like, in my limited late or something. She was there, got to witness one of my first wins, and she fell in love with racing, so it was cool, and then another friend of mine from high school, her name's Hannah, Um, now that we're out of high school, and she's in college and has more of a flexible schedule. She came to all seven of my ARCA races last year, and she did a lot of my PR stuff, and she really got into it too. So it's, it's like, really cool seeing that all my high school friends are, like, falling in love with racing also. So 
So you must be an inspiration and a role model even to your friends because you've kind of broken the the barrier a little bit, um, you know, with women in racing. And then the fact that they want to get involved and be a part of it, you know, I've, I've learned over the last few months since I started the Women's Association, I mean, I knew there were a lot of women in racing, but I didn't know how many women there were in racing involved in all kinds of things. And it's been eye-opening and amazing. I, I just, I love talking to everybody about it. <clears throat> it's been so fun. I think we're the, the women are the fastest growing group in NASCAR is what I've read. So that's, that's great that your friends are supporting you. So I, this is kind of a, <clears throat> an interesting question. I had somebody uh, send this to me and said, on your interviews, ask them how often do you talk to yourself inside the car without hitting the radio button? <laughs> oh my goodness, a lot. Like, like, but I don't even remember what I'll say. But I do talk to myself, and then sometimes I'll be like, "Oh my goodness, I hope I wasn't pressing the button." Like, I hope they didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or, oh, so like, the next time you talk to yourself, you think about me asking that question. <laughs> yes, I will think about you. Or one time I was like yawning, and you could hear that I was yawning, and I was like, oh, "I hope I'm not pressing the button. I don't want them to hear me yawn." <laughs> they might think you were bored out there driving at yeah. how many hundred mile an hour. Yeah. So outside of racing, I mean, racing really is your life, but what other things do you like to do? If if I said to you, you can do nothing race-related today, what would be the one thing you would want to do? There's a few things I'd want to do. Um, there's, I'll say two of them, but one of them would be a fighter pilot. It's been a dream of mine, and, like, here's a good time, you know, like, shout out to the military and everyone for what they do because I honestly like will start crying just talking about it. Like it's so amazing what they do. And I wish I could be like heroes like them and flying a jet like that, like off even aircraft carriers. My math teacher from high school, that's what he did. He flew um, off aircraft carriers and he's told me so many stories and he was a huge inspiration to me. And I was like, if I, like don't make it in racing or don't get to do what I love in racing. That is what I want to do because and and one of it is because of my math teacher and the stories I've gotten to hear and the pictures he showed me. So that's one thing I would love to do. And I'm really into it. And then another thing, which is completely opposite of what I do and flying fighter dress, but dance. <laughs> I love dance. <laughs> And I used to dance as a little girl. I was in dance growing up. My mom um, danced Broadway in New York and, like, was huge into dance. And contemporary dance is my favorite, and I'm pretty sure that's what she did. But um, I would love to have gone into dance and, like, instead of going to a normal school, could have gone to, like, some other kind of high school private one and have done dance if I wasn't a racer. So wow. those are my two other things, which are completely opposite. <laughs> they are completely opposite, but yet I can hear the passion you have for both of those things when you talk about it. Because, um, yeah, I was going to ask you what was the most daring thing you've ever done, but if you want to be a fighter pilot, I'm not even, I'm scared to ask that question. But <laughs> in the dancing, that's, 
you know, that's definitely a girly girl thing. So there's a side to you that must be the girly girl who likes to maybe dress yeah. up and, <laughs> and, and do all the girly girl things. And then the other side of you is the daredevil race car driver. So that's a nicely balanced life, I would say. <clears throat> so I'm going to ask you this then. How, what kind of driver are you on public roads? Are you able to, after you go to races, are you, do you get, yeah, that's what I wondered. How do you turn that off when you get into your normal car? I recently don't really drive. If I don't have to drive on the road, I won't. Um, Especially after a race, just because it's so mentally tiring and physically tiring that, you know, it's really not fun to have to focus. I mean, it's so dangerous out on the road. I'm, I'm a national spokesperson for PAD, and I feel more safe. And PAD is People Against Distracted Driving. And I feel more safe in my race car going around Daytona than I do half the time um, on the mm-hmm. street. So, you know, like if you're not fully focused and tired, I don't think you should drive, so I just don't. <laughs> and Yeah. Um, but I'm not a very good driver out on the road. And I admit it, and everyone tells me. Um, so I try not to do it very often. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, I even think, you know, when when we go to the races and you get in the car, you just kind of have that mentality of zoom, zoom. And so yeah. I figured it was hard hard to turn that off. So when you're, let's say you're in a long green light run on your race, you know, the race you're in. And does your mind ever wander? You know, you said you yawn. What what is your what are you thinking about? It's just lap after lap after lap, green green flag. And do you ever get like not bored, but do you ever kind of get into a a state of mind that's not as I, I don't even know what the word is. Tell me about that. I kind of get what you're asking. Okay, so like. I don't, if there's a long green flag or even a short green flag, I like get in this zone. So I don't really, my mind never really wanders. I'm always focused on what I need to do. But like my spotter, so who talks to me while I'm racing, if the radio goes silent for a while, like let's say for two laps or a lap, there's no talk on the radio. And then my mind starts like thinking, hello, where are you? <laughs> like, talk to me. Mm-hmm. But, but other right. than that, I don't, um, I do not really like wander off and think of other things or, or anything. It's usually a, a that, zone that you get in and you can't really get out of it. I, I'm glad to hear that because <laughs> I wouldn't want you, I wouldn't want you doing that, but <laughs> I just, I just wondered, you know, how that goes. So, yeah, like, um, what am I going to wear tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or right, where are we going to eat after the race? Yeah. So, Natalie, what what motivates you to spend an hour a day training and and doing the things that are hard to do? What is it that motivates you? My fans definitely motivate me a lot, but my big motivation is myself. Um, you know, obviously I I want to win for my fans and I want to win for my parents and my team and my sponsor and Toyota. But really, when it comes down to it, you know, I want to do it for myself and yeah. make myself proud before you have to worry about everyone else. Because, you know, you really just got to feel good about yourself first. So I think yeah, that's I'm true. 
motivate myself a lot. I push myself really hard. But, for example, in the gym, I do push myself really hard. But, you know, it really helps to have Wendy Venturini in there yelling at me and pushing me hard, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to disappoint her. So what would would be three words that your crew would use to describe you? Oh, gosh. Three words my crew would use to describe me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Talkative. Okay. Um, I would say talkative, friendly, and... I can't think of a third one. Wow. Okay. I know talk. That's friendly. okay. So no. maybe those would be a few okay. words they would say, I think. All right. So you told me about your friend that um, was helping you with your social social media. And <clears throat> so we all know that's where it's at today, obviously. Um, and you're, young, you're a young person that really doesn't know anything but social media and marketing that way. But even at that, what have you had to learn about using social media to your advantage, you know, what do you what do you like about using that and what do you not like about the whole social media? You know, we just had a whole week last week on uh, NASCAR radio on Sirius. It was all about the social media hoo-ha with Kevin Harvick's window. So tell me about how you feel about that and how do you feel about using it? How do you use it? to help your marketing and get the word out about who you are? Well, like you said, um, I really didn't – I grew up with, with social media. You know, I don't really know anything else. But social media is changing daily. So it's always learning. And there's always things and new things that you have to do on social media. And, you know, your fans are always wanting something new or – or, you know, you you always have to change your feed up, um, like on your, your Facebook feed or your Twitter or Instagram. And everything's always changing. So I feel like I'm always learning. But like you said, I've never not had social media. So it's kind of like part of my life. Like they, I couldn't see my life without social media. That's the way I communicate to my fans that live in Germany or, you know, all the way across the country. So it's a like it's so wonderful. I love it, and it's a great tool. And I really I couldn't imagine racing without having social media. And the big thing is really just for the fans. Like it's so fun to communicate with your fans through social media. Right, right. Because you can, you know, you can talk to anybody anywhere, and at any time, pretty much. And it's all because of social media. So I'm, I'm, I've loved it in the past. I love it even more since I got started uh, with the Women's Association because that's how I've met 99% of the women that, I, that I've met and done stories on is through social media. So I can't imagine how I could have grown that without it. And, and I love it, and I try to stay positive, um, as I know you do. I follow you on, on that. So... Um, how do you create a balance in your life? Racing, again, is 24-7 pretty much. 
Um, if if you're like anyone else that's passionate about racing, you can't really turn it off. But what's the balance that keeps you grounded from just being crazy over the whole racing thing? You've got to have something else. What would you say that is? I mean, my whole life, I really haven't had that good of a balance. It's always been racing. Um, my school did wonderful and let me do online schooling through them so I could still walk and graduate with my class. But, you know, it's like I feel like if you ask any racer that or anyone who works in the industry, they're going to be like, what balance? Um, But you need to to have time for yourself and, like, to regroup and and feel good and so you can go on to the next race or the next appearance or event or interview or whatever you do. And the big Mm -hmm. thing that like really helps me is, you know, get in the gym, get your nails done, you know, feel good about yourself. So when you're going and doing all these events and stuff, you know, you just feel good. Like my hockey coach always told me during games, we would have to, um, even the guys, they would have to wear, like they'd have to dress up and wear a suit and we'd have to wear a dress. And they'd always tell us, you know, if you look good, you feel good and then you'll play good. So right. that's really, I took that over to racing. And, you know, if you look good, you'll feel good, and you'll race good. So if you exactly. feel good and about yourself, yeah. So what? how do you deal with a bad day on the racetrack? Um, <laughs> ask my mom, because I take it out all on her. <laughs> mm-hmm. I take it all on the hey, I thought too. that's what moms were for. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, you got to ask my mom because I take everything out on her. <laughs> okay, we're we're going to ask her that at some point and see what she says about that. Um, so are you, like, when you're in the car or even when you go to the shop to see what's going on or even social media, whatever it might be, are you the kind of person that if you need help, you ask for it? Or are you very independent and say, nope, I can do this myself. I don't need any anybody telling me this or that. Which, which kind of person are you? I feel like I'm both. It depends on what it is. Um, I like asking for help because you learn faster. And, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a very patient person with learning. Like, I want to know now. So, like, I hate researching on a computer. So, like, I feel like if I'm trying to learn something, I feel like I'd want someone there with me showing me and teaching me right that moment rather than trying to figure it out myself. But, like, when it comes to puzzles and stuff like that, I enjoy it. So it's like I'm kind of both. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that's a good balance, though, too, because um, you want to learn quickly. That advances your career. And so that that's a good thing. Where do you see your career in five years? Um, I would like to see my career in five years. I would like to be racing in the Cup Series. And that has been my goal since I was a little girl dreaming about racing a go-kart. And we put up a map about four years ago. We got my, our whole team together, which was my mom, my dad, myself, and my Auntie Sue, who does a lot of my Facebook and PR and comes to all the races. And we sat down about four years ago and said, this is the path, 
and this is our goals, like short-term, long-term, and like really long-term. And I was, I was 15 years old when we sat down and did mm. this, and it was right on track. After four years, we wanted to be in the ARCA series. So when I was about 18 years old, 19 years old, and we were. And now this year we're doing a full season of ARCA. So if we stay on track, we'll, we'll be in the Cup Series, which would be wonderful. That's a dream of mine. So that would be amazing. That's a dream of mine to see you there. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> So I know that you're a, a good role model for young girls. Do you have any kind of a special fan experience, could be girls or guys, that you'd like to share with us? I have, there's been so many fan experiences that I, like, love. and Okay, so, like, one of them, like, there's so many of them. One of them, I was at a car show, and this little boy was, I don't know, probably not even two years old yet, but we did a few car shows and we would always set up a big table and color pictures. And um, so we could like color pictures together, all the little kids and I. And this little boy, he was like not even two yet. And he came every day. The car show was for like three days, I think. Him and his family came every day and he came and he hung out with me and got to color pictures with me. And I won't ever forget him. It was so cute. And I probably have pictures all over my Facebook of it. But that's the fan experience that I probably will never forget. And there's mm-hmm. so many of them like that, though. Yeah, that's, the interaction with the fans has to be one of the best parts of it, I would think. That would that'd be the part that I would enjoy. So would you say that now that you've been in racing for a little while, have there been any unexpected benefits of being a woman in racing? Um, I wouldn't say, like, unexpected benefits, but, you know, you're no. – I'm, like, out – like, there's, like, 80%, 90% in, in the United States right now are guy racers. So, you know mm-hmm. – Everyone's, like, if there's a girl, everyone's going to watch and pay attention because she's different. You know, she's not a boy, so everyone's going to be watching and looking for her at the race. And I feel like back home, I raced super late models. We did win a lot of races, and that helped. But I feel like since I was a girl and I stayed, um, I stayed late after the race and I hung out with all the fans and all the little kids got to sit in my car and I, like, really got to relate to them because I was closer to their age than a lot of the other racers there. So that was cool. I, I got a lot of fans back in, home in the Midwest, and they're all so amazing, and I made them all from, you know, racing short tracks and staying at the track late and hanging out with all my fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that I think so good about NASCAR, and they just mentioned that last Sunday on the on the cup race that, um, it's it's probably the only sport where there's professional athletes that the fans can get right up close, get autographs, talk to them. You know, you're in the pits before the race, or you see them in like your case after the race. You don't see that happening with football, basketball, or any of those sports. So we have a unique unique opportunity to be able to really talk to and feel like we're closer to our favorite driver, I think, because of that. So 
if you were going to start this journey over or if you were going to speak to a young girl um, who's just starting in racing, are there any things that you would tell her, advice you would give her that you've learned to save her the learning curve that you had? Yes. Um, like I said earlier, there was um, a guy who helped me who had one arm, and his name was Lyle Nowak. He told me I was having a bad day, and, you know, girls are a lot more emotional than guys. And I was about mm-hmm. 14. I think I was 14 or 15 years old, and I was, like, in the trailer hiding, like, trying to hide my tears. And he told me that he's like, listen here, Natalie. He's like, when you have bad days like this, you just have to think of it as raindrops hitting a battleship. And, like, that has helped me so mm-hmm. much. Like, like it's nothing. Don't even worry about it. Like, don't worry about, like, you know, all the haters or other people's opinions. And it's really hard to do that. So I would tell a young girl that's coming into the sport, you know, like, focus on yourself also. Like, there's another thing I would tell her besides, you know, raindrops hitting a battleship. That quote will stick with me for life. But... When you're at the racetrack, here's, like, a racing advice I'd give. And you shouldn't worry about, you know, everyone else. Only worry about yourself. Only worry about getting yourself better. Like, race the racetrack. Like, you know, the racetrack is what you race in qualifying. You know, get yourself faster and worry about yourself other than what the guy next to you is doing. So mm-hmm. I would tell her that, too. So I'd give her those two advice. That, that's very good advice. I can't remember the quote now right off the top of my head, but um, one of the quotes that I remember is that the comparison, when you compare yourself to someone else, you're the one that loses. You, you should just compare yourself to what you, what your goals are and what you want to be doing. Not, I, I don't want to be Natalie Decker. I want to be the best version of me, and uh, mm-hmm. but that doesn't happen too often. So Yeah, especially um, for girls, it's- really hard to not compare yourself mm-hmm. to other girls <laughs> so <laughs> it certainly is yeah so away from the racetrack you're getting more well known and people recognize you especially if they're at the race for the weekend and they they know who you are what's the hardest part of being Natalie Decker away from the racetrack or or is there a hard part um I don't know if there's a hard part um I don't feel like I'm like, you know, Kyle Bush where everyone really recognizes me right away. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a little recognizable though cuz I got really blonde hair so it's easy to spot me out in a right. crowd, but <laughs> um there's nothing too crazy. I don't think Okay. Not yet. Not so, yet. Maybe in the near future. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> how would you feel if a fan spotted you? When you were eating dinner in a restaurant, would you want them to come over and talk oh to my you gosh, and ask for an autograph? Yeah, that's totally that? happened. So this has happened. Okay. So we were at Taco Bell, <laughs> and I was in <laughs> Wisconsin somewhere, like in the middle of Wisconsin somewhere, and we were at Taco Bell, my boyfriend and I were. And we sat down, we were eating, and there's a girl and her boyfriend or husband sitting behind us. And she goes, oh, oh, my gosh, are you Natalie Decker? 
And I was like, yes, I am. Hi, nice to meet you. She's like, I'm a big fan. And this was after Daytona. And she's like, I watched your race. Like, you did so amazing. And it was so nice. My boyfriend was like, ran out to the car and got hero cards and then, like, gave them to the Aww. lady. And so it was so sweet. And I loved it. So that's anywhere. Like, I love when fans come up and, like, want to take pictures or talk to me. I'm always, like, happy to talk to them. Because it makes me that. just as happy as it makes them. Yeah, I I would I would have to say that, you know, I, I know that I'm sure it gets old if it happens over and over and over again. But if without the fans, where are you, right? You know? Yeah, exactly. There's not there's not gonna be NASCAR if the fans aren't coming in watching the race or or ARCA series or any series, you know, uh, even local track. We have to get people out to the local track to support the drivers because that's the future of racing. So um, I'm I'm glad to hear that. I hope I hope that most drivers, you know, probably feel that way as well. So um, I'm going to ask you kind of an odd question. What's your What's your favorite movie? Do you watch movies very much? Do you watch racing movies, or what would be the most favorite your favorite movie you've seen lately? Well, I love Netflix, so I do watch. Uh, okay. I watch more TV series than I do uh, movies. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite type of movies are like, or like shows, movies, whatever, are the ones that are like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like where there's like a crime show where, you know, okay. there's a guy trying to save the world. There's one I'm watching right now. It's called, I think it's called Person of Interest. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar with that. So, and then there's mm-hmm. another one I watched. It was called, like, Nikita. And so I watched, like, all those. And then um, one of my favorite ones, I think it's called Blue Collar. But I'm not sure. Yeah. White I think collar? so. I I've heard of it. But I think it might be Blue Collar or something along that line. Blue Collar? Yeah. And he, um, he's, like a con artist and I was like that is so cool like what he did and what he like he was helping the government out like find like like all these people that were like forging art pieces and stuff and and his name was Neil I'll never forget his name that was one of my favorite tv (laughs) shows I watched so do you get to do that very much or or no I mean you obviously have some downtime yeah yeah, yeah, that's one of the things I try to do, too, on my downtime. It really helps with, like, my imagination. I feel like watching these funny and crazy shows. Yeah. Like, I feel like I write a book about, like, a criminal something or another. <laughs> there you go. That, you can do that in your spare time if you have it. Yeah, right. So, um, Natalie, I've asked you a lot of questions. I'm gonna, we've got about uh, 13 minutes left on the show. It's just flown by tonight. You've been an amazing guest. So I'm going to leave this open for you. What are some things that you would like to share with us? Like maybe tell us a little bit more about PAD that you're involved in and and how can people follow your schedule, um, your website, all those kinds of things that the fans, if they aren't following you already, how can they keep track of what you're doing? Yes, I'll talk about PAD first. So PAD is People Against Distracted Driving, and I got on board last year, 
And then recently I became the national spokesperson and it's a wonderful thing. They go to schools and they teach younger kids how dangerous distracted driving is, you know, texting, being on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is while you're driving because, well, the way I look at it is I'm a race car driver and we do dangerous things (laughs) like for fun, I guess. But it's one of those don't try this at home kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) out on the highway, when you're texting and driving, it's not just your own life at risk. You're putting everyone around you at risk too. And that's just one thing I always try to tell people that are always texting and driving is it's not just your life at risk. So, uh, but what pad does and goes around and teaches so many young kids, um, how dangerous it is is awesome and I love speaking about it and putting it on my social media and just showing everyone that I support it and I hope since I can have younger kids follow me and look up to me they will follow along too and not text and drive right and that's then, awesome yeah and then with social media um, I have a Facebook and Instagram and a Twitter and a Snapchat and you can find all of that on my website on where to follow me. And my website is natalydeckerinc.com. And you can find okay. out how to get a hero card. You can find out how to get a hero card, and you can buy T-shirts and sweatshirts. My website's awesome. It just got all redone, and it just got up recently a couple weeks ago, and I love it. So please, everyone, go check it out because you're going to love it too. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, we have a caller um, that wants to be on the line and ask, maybe ask you a question. This young lady, her name is Leah, and I believe she's 12 years old. She races in a series close to where I live here in Michigan. And her grand, she lives with her grandmothers. They reached out to me and said, oh, Leah would love to be able to speak to Natalie so I, I tried to promise I'd keep a couple minutes at the end here. So she's on the phone with us. Leah, are you there? Yeah. Okay, Leah. So Natalie Decker's on the on the line here with us. Is there something you would like to ask her? Well, I want to ask her how she first got started in it and what um, she loves about it. Okay. Hi, Leah. Thanks Hi. for coming up the question. Um, so how I first got started in racing is it's a little crazy because, well, I grew up around racing, snowmobile racing. My father owns um, the World Championship Snowmobile Derby in Eagle River, where I grew up. And he got to racetrack after he retired racing. And he had me with my mom and he thought he was done racing, so he sold everything and was like, oh, my daughter's just going to go to dance class and, you know, be a girly girl. But I got him back into it. I asked him when I was about seven years old if he could get me a go-kart, and he thought I was just going to get scared and not want to race it or anything. But I fell in love, and ten years later, we were racing at Daytona, which is crazy to think about. But... That's kind of how I got started, and what I love about it is meeting people like you, Leah. This is so cool that you're calling in and I get to talk to you, and I'm meeting so many people. I love driving. That's definitely one of the number one reasons why I race is it's fun to race a car. Um, But 
the big thing is, is I get to meet people like you and meet fans and it's all a big family. And I talked about that earlier on the show is it's just so crazy. Racing is addicting. And like, you just have to experience it like you do. And you just realize how fun it is and how many people you get to meet and how amazing everyone is. So those are the reasons why I love it. Okay, that's awesome. Leah, do you have another question or anything you'd like to say to Natalie before we um, have to sign off here in a little bit? Well, today I was really excited because uh, when I came home from school, I had the package in the mail, and I got the shirt and the sweatshirt. Oh, yay! Awesome! (laughs) I'm so happy. So Leah, um, Leah was one of the ladies that I interviewed earlier in the season, and as I said, she's a, a young race car driver. So um, the fact that Natalie, you're impacting girls that you don't even know or have no idea are out there, um, that's the one thing you can take away from this interview is that you're encouraging and spreading the love of racing not only to the people that you know and meet, but to millions probably or hundreds of thousands or a lot, I'll say, of women who say, yes, I can do it too. If if Natalie can do it, I can do it. And I think that's what Leah's going to say. Right, Leah? Yeah. Yeah. No, if Natalie can do, you can do day. it. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, you're quite welcome. So we're gonna we've got a couple minutes here because we we have to get off about two minutes till eight because there's another radio show that comes on right after. So um, in closing, Natalie, um, they can get on the ARCA website and find the series on all the dates. You're gonna run the whole series, if I'm correct. Yep. And and so anybody that comes to an ARCA race can probably get up close and, and meet you in person at some point maybe. Um, and so last thoughts for you. I'll, I'll leave it for you to close the show out for us. Well, I really just want to thank all my fans. And meeting Leah, that was awesome. Love talking to her. That was so cool. But thanking all my fans and my sponsor, M29, Venturini Motorsports, my team, my crew chief, Dave Liner, and Toyota and and really my fans, like, I'm, especially, yeah, go to the website, go to ARCA, find all the races, and see which ones you can come to, and please come try to find me, and take pictures, love taking pictures with all of you, it's so fun, and get on my website, nataliedeckerinc.com, and find out how you can get a hero card, or follow me on other social media, or like Leah, she got a sweatshirt and a t-shirt, so you can do that also on my website. Okay, that's great. So, and thank you, <clears throat> Natalie. Thank you for having. Go ahead. So much. Oh, awesome. Natalie, I'm. I was excited that I reached out, and someone said, "Well, how did you get her to to be on your radio show?" And I said, "Well, I asked her. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> simple, really." So, um, no, we're going to be watching you this year. I'm going to pick out an ARCA race that's fairly close to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and and I will definitely see you this summer somewhere yeah. along your journey and uh, and be a part of cheering you on hopefully that day. We appreciate you so much for all that you do for racing and for the women and girls in racing and 
And um, we will, I will be close in touch. We're going to want to do a, an article about you in our online magazine as well. Um, you have a good story to tell, and, and I'd like to share that with the readers of our magazine as well. So I'm going to say thank you, Natalie, for being with us, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this has been recorded, and we will post the link uh, later tonight so that if anybody wants to share this interview with um, Natalie, it'll be available. So, Natalie, thank you again so much, and when I see your mom, I'm going to ask her that question, okay? <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. So this has been the Women's Motorsports Network. We're coming to you tonight from Phoenix, Arizona. And we want to just thank all of you for listening, and we'll see you next week.